It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Break! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. Welcome to the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting on this Friday, January 15th. 2021 can't believe it's already 15 days into the new year as we got a basketball game coming on tonight at seven is set for the first tip probably be pushed back a little bit due to the uh, jv game usually extends a little bit longer as me and brad were kind of talking about that uh on tuesday about how uh, sometimes those jv games run a little too long but uh connor mills and heath clemens will be on the call tonight as will be the athens bulldogs coming off a 49 to 44, tough, gritty loss to Marietta back on Tuesday. Look to get back in the win column as they won their four prior. All those were conference games. They sit at the top of the TVC Ohio currently at four and oh, six and five overall on the season. They'll be taking on the Alexander Spartans out in Albany tonight. Alexander comes in third in the conference with a three and two record and uh, three and five overall in the season so both teams that have uh had some success in the conference as uh athens for their six wins coming in conference play alexander all of their three wins coming in conference play uh big note for tonight's game uh coward augustino the outstanding sophomore point guard for the spartans will be out uh, he was out back on tuesday as well and the spartans took a uh uh butt whooping 96 to 22 a loss to to warren uh you don't really see blowouts like that too often but i think uh I think it shows you just how much D'Augustino means to the production of this Spartans team. I was actually talking to Heath Clemens, who will be on the color with Connor Mills and I. Troy will be uh, getting the night off for this one. but uh, So that should be uh, interesting to get to see them call those games. And, of course, we were expecting that, that Trimble and Fedhawk, you know, barn burner of a game tonight. But uh, due to, you know, to some coronavirus issues going on, game gets postponed and it's not going to happen. But hopefully we'll get to see you later on in the season. As me and Troy are supposed to go out and call that game. Uh, but it ends up being postponed. But we get a sports fan instead, so that's always good. But uh, back to the main point, uh, talking to Heath before the uh, the game tonight, a couple minutes ago before they left, uh, the Augustino is 50% of, uh, of Alexander's point production this year. And when, when you're missing that, I mean, that's, uh, that's nearly impossible to make up, right? Just a guy who scores at will like he can, and, you know, he's able to will them to victories. They've had, as I mentioned, three wins uh, so far on the season against River Valley, Nelsonville, York, and Wellston. But uh, Athens this year got off to a bit of a rocky start, right? Uh, lost, dropped a couple games early in the season. Got a tough loss to Olatangi Liberty, 88-44. Lost to Circleville by eight. They were getting beat pretty good by Jackson back on December 12th as well. They kind of rallied in that second half, though, and ended up making it a, a single-digit game. And uh, that was kind of a turning point for the team, I think. Showed a lot of fight because uh, that's a good Jackson team out there. It always is. And uh, after that game, they routed off four straight wins in the conference over Nelsonville, York, Megs in a close game, Vinton County in another close game, then cruised to a victory against River Valley. But uh, lost last time out, looking to get back into the win column here tonight against Alexander. And, I mean, it's going to be tough without the Augustino for Alexander for sure. I mean, other than that, they're, they, they're a pretty young team. They got Coach uh, Skinner in his first year over there trying to, you know, kind of pick up where they left off. I mean, they were a real competitive team last year, but lost a couple seniors. Uh, and, you know, we're seeing some, some early struggles 
this year, but still in the top half of the conference. A lot of, lot of ball left to play. They're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, if they get the Augustino back, maybe they get a little hot, and maybe they can try to make a run at this thing. But if Athens is able to knock them off tonight, a, uh, a third loss in the conference play would, would make it tough to rebound for that. I think, it's, I think we've seen the two best teams in the conference play each other already in uh, Athens and Vinton County when uh, they went toe-to-toe back on the fifth. And a great game with Athens hitting a big three down the stretch there, winning that 154 to 51. So that's always big to, to get the edge on a team early on in the season because I thought Vinton County personally was the best team in the conference coming in the year just because of, uh, you know, Coach Combs having so much experience, being a great coach. I thought he was going to be able to take the conference. But Athens and Coach Cozart got his guys ready, and they knocked – them off in that game and they look to get back on the winning trail they always play tough games at marietta it, it, that's just how it is me and brad talked about it on tuesday uh leading up to the game how that regular season game last year between the two teams was uh maybe the best game i, I watched live uh last year that i got to do covering the team for uh for hardwood heroes that was probably the best game that i saw i mean there were buzz- will matters at a buzzer beater in the first half of one of the first guys off the bench for for Marietta, I believe he had like five points in the game, but one of them was a game-winning three. I mean, it was just a crazy game, back and forth. I remember uh, Brayden Whiting, Isaiah Butcher both had uh, big games in that one. And then the playoff game, Athens, of course, got their revenge. But Marietta pays one back to them back on Tuesday in the regular season. So that's the game going on tonight. Looking around some of the other you know, TVC teams, we'll see who else is playing. I believe Nelsonville York is also taking some time off due to uh, the coronavirus and, uh, yeah, looking around, not too many games. I mean, Southern plays Eastern out in the uh, TVC Hawking. Uh, Elpreet set to play Waterford. Wellston and Vinton County are going toe-to-toe tonight. I would expect uh, Vinton County to come away with that one with a victory as Wellston 0-2 so far in conference play, one of those losses being to the Alexander team that we just talked about. But uh, that's uh, kind of wrapping up the TVC right now. Athens in first, Vinton County in second. Uh, the Spartans of Alexander in third, Meg's fourth, River Valley fifth, Wellston sixth, and Nelsonville York down at the bottom at seventh in the TBC Ohio. But obviously, you know, the main topic of discussion for uh, this weekend coming up here, NFL divisional round. It, uh, it's been a long week. I've been waiting uh, for these games for a uh, all week. I mean, it's been it's been a slow week, but we're finally here tomorrow. We got a couple games. That that's the best part about you know the first couple weeks of the playoffs in the NFL, right? Because you get those games. You got all day Saturday to watch football, especially last week. I mean, I loved the. Uh, I was like kind of skeptical when they when they added the other the extra team in the NFL because I thought there were so many times that you know the team that the the one team that would have been left out of the the first six. So the seventh team, who obviously wouldn't have gotten a wild card spot before this year, they were, they were never really the, the greatest teams. Every now and then you'd have like a 10-6, and six, maybe 11-5 and five team miss the playoffs, but it didn't happen all that often, and it, it didn't ever really seem like um, a seventh team was needed. And we kind of got both extremes of that in the first year of the playoffs, right? I mean, you look at the AFC. Everybody that was in all had 11 wins. The t- one team outside looking in 10-6. and 10-6, and six, I mean, you're usually in with flying colors most years, right? And uh, that didn't happen. But you look on the other side, you know, obviously the NFC East was what it was. That uh, was probably the worst of it. Well, not probably. It definitely was uh, the worst division in football. You get a seven-win team in there. And then the seventh team was the Chicago Bears at 8-8, eight and eight, right? So, you know, you kind of got both extremes there. We see an 8-8 eight and eight team get in because there was an extra team. And then you see on the other side, you know, 
all teams with 11 wins. It's kind of crazy how, how we saw both extremes of expanding the playoffs because if the playoff rules were like they have been forever where the four division winners get in two wild cards, an 11-5 and five team like the Indianapolis Colts, they would have missed the playoffs this year. But uh, the rules were different, and I loved how you got football all day on both Saturday and Sunday, you know, uh, three games on both days. I, I thought that was uh, – I liked it a lot, and I think that was a, a good move by the NFL just to have that. And then it's kind of the same division around. I mean, there's one less game on both days. It, the football starts a little bit later. you got to stay up late, especially for the late games. But uh, it's going to be – going to be a fun weekend of football i mean there's so many there's so many storylines to look at when it comes to the playoffs because i mean just look at some of the matchups you got lamar jackson and josh allen two of the young quarterbacks uh up and coming in the league they both got their first playoff win last week they're the saturday night game you know a lot of people are saying these teams may have potential to knock off kansas city if they're able to get past this game you got you know, Aaron Rodgers, who's playing out of his mind this year, for sure the league MVP. He's going up against one of the top defenses, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Michael Brockers, all those guys over with the Rams. And then you got, you know, Cleveland playing in a divisional round playoff game. I mean, how wild is that, right, to think about against that Kansas City Chiefs team that I just mentioned who I've been saying it all week. They've been crowned as the AFC champion since, like, week three. I mean, it was just who's going to be waiting for them in the – who are they going to be waiting for in the NFC, right? Um and then you got Tom Brady and Drew Brees for the third time this year. And uh, Brees' Saints got the best of them twice. And Tom Brady's never lost to a – Tom Brady's never lost to the same team three times in one year. Uh, a couple teams got him twice. Uh, I know the Ravens did back in 2012. And, you know, it was a couple times in the division. They, the Jets got him a couple times one year when, when Rex Ryan took him to the, to the AFC Championship game a couple times. But it's never happened three times. And – I mean, the main reason for that is because he played in such a bad <laughs> AFC East for so long. Uh, they were playing twice in the regular season, and they were either sweeping the AFC East or, you know, they weren't playing. A, they weren't getting a shot to play a team three times because nobody else in the AFC East was going to be making the playoffs. So we'll see if uh, it'll be the first time. But, uh, yeah, I just want to run through some of those games right here. And, uh, you know, it's... Like I mentioned, a lot of a lot of interesting storylines to look at here. And the first game is tomorrow between the Rams and the Packers at 4:35. As the Rams, they're coming in after knocking off their division rivals in the uh, in the Seattle Seahawks, 30 to 20 on Wild Card Weekend last week. It was a game where, you know, it was weird. John Wolford started, uh, even though Jared Goff was allegedly healthy. So, that, you know, that's an interesting storyline there. Goff came in, didn't play all that great, 9 for 19, 155 yards with a touchdown. You know, so that, that's nothing to write home about. But who really stepped up was Cam Akers, 28 carries, 131 yards, and a touchdown. And I was very grateful because he was on my playoff fantasy team. And uh, that was probably what propelled me to moving on to the next round. So big shout-out to you, Cam Akers. And, of course, we know what the defense did, and uh, Aaron Donald was sitting out in that second half till I think that led to some success that Seattle's able to have. But Russell Wilson had a, one of the worst games I've ever seen him play, 11 to 27, 174 yards. Of course, the Packers coming in off a bye. Now they did have to play Week 17 because they had, had not yet locked up the uh, the number one seed in the NFC. They had to win to do that, so they weren't resting guys like Kansas City ended up doing. And uh, we I saw Pittsburgh wind up doing that as well. And well, we saw what what uh, what happened to Pittsburgh in that one. I mean, one of the flattest performances I've seen out of a Mike Tomlin coach team probably so you got Aaron Rodgers playing at an MVP level this year 
I mean, there's, it's just, it is what it is. Uh, I, I, some people tried to tell me because Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards and exa- and how much he means to the Titans' offense. Maybe he should be the MVP. I, I uh, firmly disagree. And uh, this matchup, you know, I, I, there's some people that have gotten in my ear about it, and it's like, well, you know, that's a great defense. You know, they could really give Aaron Rodgers some trouble. You know what beats a good defense? A great quarterback, and that's what Aaron Rodgers is. And there's just been no one all season that is. You know, they had a, a struggle of a game against Tampa Bay earlier on in the year. But other than that, I mean, they've just put up points consistently all year. I mean, if you look at the point totals that they put up, especially down the stretch here, 40 on the Titans, 35 on the Bears, you know, 31 on the Lions, they put 30 up on the Eagles, put 41 on the Bears another time. Scored 31 against the Colts, who was another team that had a good defense. They've just consistently been lighting teams up through the air, on the ground. It doesn't matter. I mean, you saw in that Titans game just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Rodgers only threw the ball 25 times. A.J. Dillon, a rookie, stepped up. He ran for 124 yards and two touchdowns. They had Aaron Jones add 95, have 94 more. This Packers offense is versatile. And Devontae Adams has arisen as one of probably the best wide receivers in the game this year. I mean, you know, some people might you could make the argument maybe DeAndre Hopkins, he's had a great year with the Cardinals. They're not even in the playoffs, though. I mean, the Devontae Adams and... And Aaron Rodgers' connection has really, really, uh, you know, blossomed this year. It's, it's been really fun to watch. And I believe the line is six and a half to the way of the Packers. And uh, I, I, I a little bit at first wanted to, you know, think about maybe the Rams cover. Maybe they keep it a field goal game. Maybe the defense is that good. I, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think the Packers are going to come out fire and they're going to go out there and put up a couple of touchdowns early. Jared Goff historically is... Uh, Terrible in cold weather games. I think the stats are he's completed 50% of his passes in cold weather games. He's thrown five touchdowns and five interceptions. Only averages 6.3 yards an attempt. Well, he's going to Green Bay. It's going to be cold. It might be snowing. I, I just don't think. He's got the broken thumb thing still. It looked like he had trouble gripping the ball last week. I don't think there's a way the Rams go in there and beat the Packers. I think the Pack are going to go on and win this one, and I think they're going to cover that 6.5 and as well. And then we have another Saturday game. And this one, I think this is might be, might be the best matchup uh, to just in terms of the teams playing each other. I don't know if it's the most intriguing story because, I, like I said, the Brady-Breeze matchup and also the Browns, how they're going to ma- uh, match up with Mahomes in that offense. I think those are more interesting stories. But in terms of, you know, hype around a game, I think this one, I mean, the Ravens at the five seed coming in, they finally got past the Tennessee Titans. They got, they got rid of the, the story that this offense with Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson and the running game and the, the limited throwing, they, they, they got rid of the narrative that in 2020-2021 football that they can win a playoff game. They did it. They should have won by more. I'll put it out there right now. They, they won that game by seven. They did what they had to do. Uh, Lamar, I mean, when he broke the pocket on that touchdown run, I mean, his coach after the game, Harbaugh, called it one of the best runs by a quarterback he has ever seen. I mean, it, it's crazy how you blink, and he's 15 yards down the field. Uh, it's So, breaking down this one, Buffalo, uh, they didn't look fantastic against the Colts, and some would say the Colts gave that one away, uh, you know, deciding not to kick field goals in certain situations. I mean, the Colts lived in Bill's territory in that game, if you really want to look at it. Uh, and also, Jonathan Taylor kind of gashed that Bill's defense a few times. I mean, there was a few drives in there where the Colts got down the field in, like, a minute, not by using Phillip Rivers, but they just hit off some big runs. 
Hayward had 78 yards on 21 carries and a touchdown. Uh, Naheem Himes had six carries for 75 yards. I mean, that's 12 and a half a carry. <laughs> so they struggled to stop the run in that game. And, uh, you know, Colts decided to go forward a couple times. Uh, and also Josh Allen had a fumble late in that game, and they were really lucky to recover it because the Colts would have got the ball on the plus side of the field with about three minutes left, only down three. I mean, they were already close to field goal range, so they would have had a chance to go in there and try to, uh, to win that game. But the Bills are a good team. They're one of the highest teams in football. They've won seven in a row. Uh, Josh Allen has improved leaps and bounds from not only his rookie year, but last year in general. I mean, his accuracy has, has been off the charts this year. He's also improved so much against the Blitz. I mean, he's one of the best throw blitzers. He's one of the best quarterbacks against the Blitz in the league in almost every category. He's thrown for over 1,000 yards this year against the Blitz, and I leave 11 touchdowns. So Josh Allen, and that's what the Ravens like to do. The Ravens like to pin their ears back and try to go get the quarterback. They're pretty confident in their corners, uh, Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, and Marcus Peters to play man-to-man coverage. I don't know if that's going to be the way to beat this Bills team. I think the Ravens might be playing into their hands if they're still going to try to, you know, sell out to get to the quarterback because these guys like Diggs and Gabriel Davis, the rookie, had a big game last week, and McKenzie can take the top off the defense. So it's going to be uh, – it's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I think the Ravens, if they're going to go out there and try to blitz Josh Allen, it could be a long day for them, and they're going to need the offense to really ramp it up to try and uh, to try to keep up with that Bills offense. On the flip side, looking at the other side of the ball, Bills, I don't think they, they really don't stop the run that well this year, and that's what the Ravens do. I mean, number one rushing team in the NFL. Of course, it starts with their, with their dynamic quarterback, Jackson, but Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, I know that's a name that a lot of people in this area know from his time at Ohio State. He's been coming on strong late in the year. I had a touchdown, a go, uh, what ended up being the go-ahead and winning touchdown in that Titans game last week. So it's going to be interesting. I think the Ravens, I mean, there might be some snow up there. It's going to be a cold game. Uh, I think that favors the running team in, the, in this case. I mean, the Bills, they lost Zach Moss last week. They only have, you know, one healthy running back in in uh in Devin Singletary. We'll see what they do to bring him. They got DJ or TJ Yeldon and guys like that back there as well but uh the line's two and a half bills are favored they're the two seed a lot of people for the last few weeks have been saying this is the team that can go beat kansas city well i don't think they're gonna get a chance i think the i think the ravens are gonna knock off the bills this weekend so that i'm gonna pick the ravens to win that one and that's uh that's the two saturday playoff games my preview and we got the uh we got two more to look at on the other side we gotta get to a break here on the sports family other side we're gonna talk about the the afc or excuse me, the Sunday games, the AFC and NFC game. But uh, there's a couple games going on on Sunday as well in the NFL playoffs or the division round. We'll talk about those on the other side. This is a sports fan presented by J&K Contracting on 970 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. 
Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's probably not, it's not the Kim and Ruth Show. It's really... <laughs> Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to Make It Happen. The Army National Guard plays a vital role in your community. We're on the front lines supporting essential personnel, first responders, law enforcement, and medical professionals. Delivering food, supplies, and medicine. Keeping communities safe. Making a difference. During emergencies, we're always ready, always there. Learn more about part-time service in the Army National Guard at NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Welcome back into the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. As in the first part of the show, we talked about a little bit about the Athens and Alexander game going on tonight. And you can listen to that one right here. On 970 WATH will be Connor Mills and Heath Clemens on the call. I actually think I'm going to have Connor join in a little bit later in the program to uh, kind of preview this game a little bit more. I gave basically a basic overview. Then we went over the first couple uh, NFL divisional round playoff games. It took the Packers to cover the spread against the Rams and the Ravens to beat the Bills, even though they are two and a half point underdogs. As that's a 8:15 game tomorrow. You have to stay up late uh, if you want to catch that one. But uh, Beautiful thing about playoff football is, talked about this a little bit too, well, you get it multiple days on the weekend, at least for the first couple rounds, Saturday and Sunday. we got two more games to look at, and this is the big one around here, around the state of Ohio. As you know, the state of Ohio, when it comes to the NFL franchises, is uh, not exactly used to having a team playing in the divisional round, right? And I, I'm sorry if that upsets you, but the Bengals haven't won a playoff game in 30 years. The Browns hadn't been to one uh, since 2002 and finally got a win in one last week, and they're playing the division round. And even the years the Bengals were making it about uh, six, seven years ago now, they had a nice little run with Dalton where they won a division a couple of times, but just could never get the playoff win. So, I mean, we finally have a team in the state of Ohio that's going to be playing in a divisional round NFL playoff game in the Cleveland Browns after, I mean, they just went in and the score, it looked closer than what it actually was. They went in and just stopped Pittsburgh. And you could say some of it was Pittsburgh's own doing. I mean, they snapped the first play of the game into the end zone. The Browns recovered it for a touchdown. <laughs> like, the Browns caught some fortune in that game for sure, but the offense was also humming. Uh, they got Chubb going 18 carries, 76 yards. Hunt added 48 more yards and a couple touchdowns. Baker was 21 to 34, 263 yards, three tutters, uh, three different receivers catching touchdowns and Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, and Austin Hooper. I mean, this Browns team, you know, without a head coach, with, you know, hardly any practice, I harped in on this one as well because I just couldn't believe. I mean, they had a lineman playing in that game that, that Baker Mayfield said in his post game that he didn't meet until that day, that morning. He introduced himself to him that morning. I mean, that's just a crazy story. Stefanski out. 
uh, had coronavirus that are missing Betonio, the, the important guard. They're missing Denzel Ward, missing so many of their best players. And they were still able to go in there into Pittsburgh, a place where they hadn't won in their last 17 tries. And to beat them, I mean, I know it's going to be, that's going to be, you know, I feel bad if you're a Steelers fan around here because you're going to get that one thrown in at you for, for a long, long time. Because, I mean, Browns fans aren't going to forget this victory. And I know they expect more to come in the recent years, or in the years coming up, I should say. And uh, so they got that win. And now they got this interesting matchup with, as I said, this Chiefs team that I feel the national media made this team the AFC champ after three games. After three games, they everybody, after they beat the Ravens on Monday Night Football, it was, oh, my, no, this was supposed to be the team that we thought could do it. They didn't. The Chiefs were underdogs in going into that game. They won by 14. And after that, all the talk was like, I'm not sure. I mean, it's just the Chiefs and the rest of the field in the AFC and maybe in the entire league. I mean, I think people started to become more keen on the Packers, maybe be able to beating them in the Super Bowl later on in the year. But uh, it should be, should be interesting. A couple notes here. Sammy Watkins is out for that game. Uh, you know, he is a receiver. He makes some plays at times, but they, they just are loaded with weapons over there. In Kansas City, you got Tariq Hill, you got uh, Travis Kelsey, you got McCole Hardman, you got uh, you got Robinson as well. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is uh, questionable for that game. We haven't seen him for the past few weeks. He had, I believe, a hip injury uh, back when they played the Saints. That's kept him sidelined. Uh, they've been the reports have been he's uh, day by day. On so I guess it's just kind of be a field type of thing if he goes out there and feels good. Maybe they'll give him some run. But they also have Le'Veon Bell, who they picked up in the middle of the season as well. So there's, uh, there's no shortage of weapons over there in Kansas City. We all know this. but And the Browns are coming into this game as 10-point underdogs in a divisional round playoff game. They're 10-point underdogs after their performance last week. And I got to tell you, if I was a better, I'm scared to death to bet on the Chiefs. Just how, I mean, I've mentioned this. They haven't covered a spread since I believe week eight, they may have covered one against the Saints uh, kind of late in the year. And, you know, they had pretty good control of that game. I mean, Drew Brees hit a, hit a shot down the field late in the game that, that kind of uh, got him back into it, made this, the score look a little closer than it actually was. But, I mean, 10 points is a lot in a playoff game. The crazy thing I saw, though, uh, a, kind of a gambling stat is... 89% of the time in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, a team that the outright winner of the game, 89% of the time covers the spread as well. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to go against that. I mean, I know there's another 11% there and it does happen every once in a while, but it does seem like every single time uh, that the outright winner, they end up covering the spread. And, I mean, that happens because when underdogs win, they automatically cover the spread, right, because they're, they're underdogs. But, uh, I mean, it, that's, that's crazy to think about. So, I mean, basically what that's telling you is whatever your gut instinct is, go for it. Whoever you think's winning, throw it down on them because the numbers say that more times than that they're going to cover. But with this game, I don't know. I, it's about matchups, right? And the Browns can run the ball with Chubb and Hunt. They can keep them off the field. They can keep Mahomes on the sideline. They can have long five, six, seven-minute drives. you gotta put it, You got to put the ball in the end zone at the end of those drives. You can't settle for field goals to beat this Kansas City team. They're too explosive. They can put up too many points. And this Browns defense does stink, by the way. 
I mean, the secondary has been abysmal all season. Uh, and, you know, this is going to have to be a Miles Garrett day for the Browns to come in and win this game. Um, so with all those be considered, Andy Reid's always been fantastic off of bye weeks in the regular season and the postseason. I believe I saw uh, he's 5-1 and one outright winner uh, coming off of buys in playoff games in his career. So Andy Reid has always been known to be great coming off a of bye. That's kind of his, his cachet, his claim to fame there. Um, so I expect this Chiefs team to be ready. I mean, I know they, they didn't look great coming down the stretch. They played some close games with some not-so-great teams at the end of the season. I mean, if you look at it, they beat the Dolphins 33-27. They beat the Falcons 17-14. They beat the Broncos 22-16. Uh, they beat the Raiders 35-31. Beat the Panthers 33-31. They played a lot of tight games down the stretch of the season. And it's just, in sports, that stuff always seems to, to you know, balance itself out, right? But uh, at the same time, I think the Chiefs are just so talented that maybe at times this year they got a little bored, right? And it's just like... You know, they, they kind of go on cruise control throughout games. Like, okay, well, I mean, it doesn't matter if we go down 14 points. We know we can put up 21 just like that and be right back in the lead, and we're back over here chilling. So that's the thing. I, I, you know, I know I've been saying all week I think I like the Browns to cover. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see the Browns beating the Chiefs, and I don't know. Just all this stuff about Andy Reid being so great off buys. I think Cleveland, they – Cleveland might have kind of blew their load on that on that Pittsburgh win last week, right? Everybody was telling them they couldn't do it and all this stuff. Everybody was saying that, the, you know, the whole Browns of the Browns thing with Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't – I'm not the biggest, you know, reader into bulletin board material. I don't think Juju, you know, saying that made the Browns play better that night. I did like – I think we get a little overblown with that stuff in sports sometimes. But um, so I, I know I've been saying it all week that I think the Browns are going to cover this spread, but – I just see a situation. I kind of see a scenario where you know the Chiefs have been hearing about how people, I, the Chiefs have kind of been hearing about how everybody's like maybe they are vulnerable and they were going to want to come out and you know if they're if they don't turn it on now when are they going to do it? That's 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 another thing I'm kind of looking at and I, I do think they are talented and I do think they are the best team in the league and I do think they know it's time to it's time to go now. They're trying to get make another Super Bowl run here. Mahomes, his career in the postseason only lost one time. It was in the AFC Championship game to Tom Brady. So, you know, uh, other than that, he's 4-1. and one. So he's, And he's played extremely well in all the playoff games that, uh, that he's been a part of. They fell behind 24 last week. They still won, or last year in the divisional round, they still won the game by, by multiple scores. I mean, this offense is that explosive. I don't see the Browns' defense being able to make enough stops. I, I, I really don't, and... I think if you get the Browns off schedule and away from the run game, it's going to be it's going to be problematic for them. And I don't think we saw it. We saw it again in a game against the Jets. Yes, the Jets team with the second pick in the draft. We saw if you make him drop back and throw the ball 40 times, Baker right now cannot do that. He can't. And it's not, it's not a bad thing. Baker is playing at a top 10 quarterback level right now in the system that he is in. Right. He's good when they can run the ball. They can run play action off of that. When he can run that boot out to the right, make throws on the run, he's very good at doing that. But he has not shown to this point in his career when they have to drop back and know that he's throwing the ball, when they get behind multiple scores. And now they did it in Baltimore. They did do it to them. Baltimore secondary is a little banged up. But, and also this Kansas City defense, they, shoot, they, you know, they have holes sometimes, but they, they showed up in the playoffs last year. 
I mean, you could argue a big reason they won that Super Bowl game is because they were able to, to, to stop that Niners team there in that second half when they were down by a couple scores. So I, I think I like Kansas City to cover that 10 points. Uh, I think the Browns just get behind early, and, and you know, KC might coast from there. Uh, and, you know, the Browns can't really slow the game down like they want to, right, when when uh, when they fall behind. I, I just see Mahomes. I, I don't see Mahomes having any issues with this with this secondary. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs to cover that 10 points, and they'll be hosting the AFC Championship game. And the last but not least in the playoff games for this weekend, talked about it. I think this is the most intriguing story going into this divisional round of the playoffs. Bucks and Saints take each other on 640 Sunday night, or Sunday evening, really. That's interesting that that game is uh, a lot earlier than the Saturday game. But um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in after a win over the Washington football team, 31-23. Uh, you know, Brady looked good and the offense looked good. I think you'd be a little concerned that uh, Taylor Heineke uh, tore up your defense for 306 yards. Uh, but I, uh, the thing about this one, and I know people are telling me it's playoff Tom Brady. Tom's feeling good and all this other stuff, right? And they've been playing, they've been pretty dynamic on offense the last few weeks. The Saints do things that can get to Tom Brady. That defensive front for the Saints can create a lot of pressure. And if you look at the two times they played each other this year, Saints, 34-23, Saints, 38-3. I'm not saying it's going to be that kind of blowout. but And I also saw a stat that, you know, it, I, I people love to throw this, it's kind of a, cliche type they'd love to throw this one out there it's hard to beat a team three times in nfl history teams that went two and oh against a team in the regular season are 14 and seven historically against when they play that team the third time so more times than not your lies don't lie to you the team that you saw beat them twice in the regular season it, it's it it very rarely changes they're 14 and 7 career. Right? So with with saying that, I I pick it against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I know it's it, it's come back to bite some at times, but I just see this Saints front getting pressure on him. And I see Drew Brees being able, I think this game plays right into Brees' hands, where he can just sit back in the pocket, think and dunk it down the field, like the football team did against Tampa Bay last week. So I I, I just really do think the Saints are, I think they're a matchup nightmare for Tampa Bay. I really do. And um, that's why I believe the line is three on this game. Yeah, Tampa Bay's getting three points. And, uh, yeah, I like the Saints. I think they're going to beat them a third time. I really do. Um, you know, I know Brady and that offense has been hot lately, but I just don't think they've run into a defense quite like what the Saints are going to have ready for them. And uh, I think Sean Payton's a better coach than Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is 0-4 in his career against Sean Payton so far. So, you know, Sean Payton has figured out ways to scheme up ways to, to beat this Buccaneers team as long as Bruce Arians has been there. And, again, I'm not saying it's going to be a 38-3 to uh, drubbing like it was the last time these two teams got together. I think it's going to be a close game. But I, I do not see a way of Tom Brady overcoming this defense. Last time he played him, he was 22-38, 209 yards, three picks. And this Saints defense is healthy. It's the same secondary that they had back then with Malcolm Jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore and, uh, and uh, Gardner. 
So this is a good team that they're playing. And uh, I like the Saints. Although the Saints have struggled in playoff games in recent years, I think they kind of have this Bucks team's number. So I'm going to take the Saints and the points, minus three. And those are my picks for the week. I'm trying to think about my picks last week, um, the record I went on them. I know I got I'm trying to pull up some scores here. No, I picked the Ravens right. I know I picked the football team to cover right. I did, got the Bills wrong. I thought the Bills would cover. They didn't end up covering. Um, I picked the Saints to cover. They did. So it was a pretty good week last week, 4-2 and two overall in six games. So I'm more than happy with that. I'd love to uh, keep going there. But those are who I got. I'll run through one more time who I have. I'm going to take the Saints over the Bucks minus 3. I'm going to take the Chiefs over the Browns, minus 10. I'll take the Ravens, plus 2.5 against the Bills. I'm picking the Ravens to win outright, not just not just the spread. but And then I also like the Pack, minus 6.5 over the Rams. Those are my four picks for the divisional round games this week. But we got to get to another break here on the Sports Fan. On the other side, we'll have Connor Mills join in to give us a little preview as he is out in Albany. We'll have him connect into the show and uh, break down this Athens-Alexander game going on tonight just a little bit more. But to listen to the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting on 979.1 FM, WATH. This time of the year, the weather changes quickly. And when you want to know about the school closings, you'll get them on Classic Hits 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Listen every morning from 6 till 8.30 for the complete list that affects you. The school closings on WATH is brought to you by Ohio Health Oblenis Hospital. Believe in we. The school closings when you want them on your center for winter weather information. Classic Hits 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Welcome back into the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. As we just got done wrapping up some talk about some NFL football playoff action coming up this weekend. But now we have joining in on the QGO Live, we got Connor Mills, who's out in Albany, calling this Athens and Alexander game this evening. As you can hear the, uh, all, the, all the sounds in the background of uh, what I assume is the JV game going on there. But Connor, how you doing? Yeah, we're doing all right. We got Heath right next to us too. Heath's filling in for Troy, but you know we're doing all right. Athens is up 27 to six right now in the JV game, and uh, you know it's only in the third period right now, so we'll uh, our third quarter. So we'll wait and see. I know there'll be some senior day activities for Alexander. Mm. Uh, that'll be between the JV game and the varsity game. So I think it's going to look like a 7:30 or about a 7:40 until we really get on the air and get ready to go for the varsity game tonight. It's really a little bit of a later start for us, but hey, you know what? We got some basketball in front of us, and uh, we're doing all right. Yeah, how's, this, how's the setup out there right now? 
Yes, I mean, we're pretty good. We, uh, of course, the athletic director, Dan Dosick, he's set up the table for us. We're up in the bleachers, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess there's a couple other media guys around here, but you know, we got a nice view, center of the court. I got a nice view of Lou Horvath doing the announcing on the other side. It's always good to see Lou, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're uh, doing all right. That's good. That's good. And, you know, kind of starting to get into this game tonight, I mean, the big thing you got to look at, right, uh, and me and Heath were kind of talking about this before you guys rolled out, um, you know, Kyle D'Augustino being out for, for another game for Alexander here, uh, and he's talking about he makes up half of their scoring production. So, you know, it, it, it's obvious that that's going to hurt tonight, right, for Alexander. But, but, I mean, who are some other guys that you think could possibly step in to maybe try to make that up a little bit? I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to make up 50% of your scoring, but how are some ways maybe they can, they can start to do that? Well, you know, they're certainly going to have to uh, – try to get it done on the defensive end. I don't know that they have anyone that can really step up, uh, you know, offensively and, and make a big difference in the game. But defensively is where it's going to have to be. So uh, you're going to have to have these other, you know, the big guy, Cameron Hopped and John Hobbs and, you know, some of these other guys that haven't had a lot of playing time previously, you know, put some good minutes in on the defensive end. Right, exactly. And then flipping to the other side of the court with Athens, uh, you know, they lost last time out, but before that, four straight victories in the conference. They're 4-0 currently. And, uh, what you know, what I kind of thought was what kind of started to turn that thing around a little bit, right, because they, they got off to a bit of a rocky start, losses to, you know, Old Tangent Liberty, lost to Warren in a tough one, Circleville lost a, a tight game there. But that Jackson game, right, they, they were getting beat up pretty good there for the first half of that game. But they were able to rally all the way back a little bit and they made it a single-digit game. They went on to lose that game by 10. But since that game, they're 4-1. and one. I mean, they lost back on Tuesday by five points, 49-44. to 44. But that game kind of stands out to me as maybe a bit of a turning point in the season for this team. Listen, the Bulldogs are in every game that they play. I mean, obviously, when you go against a team like Olentangy Liberty, uh, that is a very talented team, right? So, you know, it's, you're going to have to really have a very, very kind of special team to, to really go against Olentangy Liberty on a, a year-in and year-out basis. But... You know, you got those big games, those non-conference games out of the way. You tested yourself against, you know, Zanesville and Warren and Old Tangent Liberty and Guy Academy and Circleville, who, Circleville, you know, while the record might not face, you know, or, or really tell the, the, the whole story. The solid team. Uh, because Circleville is in a, I mean, they're a solid team. They're, yeah. They play, you know, solid teams all, all season long. I mean, and, and Troy and I have talked about that numerous times on the broadcast when we're talking about you know, kind of the schedule for, for Circleville and others. And then, of course, Jackson, right? But now, you know, you, and, and I've, I think I've also made this statement where, you know, you want to swing the heavier bat, right, in non-conference. So when you get into your conference schedule, you know, it feels a little bit lighter. I mean, you're a little bit quicker on the bat speed. Uh, I know it's not the spring yet, and we're not baseball season yet, but I'm still happy with the Mets trading for Francisco Lindor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I hear uh, enough about that. You know, yeah. So, again, you know, you, you want to get those harder games, you know, so then you, you kind of test yourself really on the season, build up momentum, get better as the games go on, and uh, really uh, you know, take it two teams later on at the schedule. Yeah, you know, we were just looking at this too. Uh, these two teams, Alexander and Athens, have five common opponents on the year so far. Uh, River Valley, Nelsonville, York, Benton County, Megs, and Warren Local. Athens is 4-1 and one against those teams, and Alexander's 2-3. and three. Mm -hmm. So uh, with the big, the big game, the last game, you know, against Warren uh, for Alexander that was just, uh, you know, not competitive. So, you know, but he's right. Athens playing these harder teams, you know, Olentangy, Olentangy, Circleville. Those are the games that uh, will get you ready for, for not only for the regular season, but also for tournament time. 
because, you know, there's a chance you're going to see these teams, a Logan Elm and, and those types of teams in the tournament. So by testing yourself early, you, you know what to expect when you get to that level. Yeah, and Heath, this is probably a better question for you, just looking at it kind of historically. But, you know, since I've been around this area, uh, every time Athens and Marietta get together, it's, it's always a tough, gritty type of game comes down to the last few possessions. What is it about that, that team out in Marietta that always makes it such a challenge when, when Athens and them go toe-to-toe? You know, and that's a great question. It is. It is always a good game, um, you know, but it, there's nothing really that stands out. Like, it's not a, a long time. You know, you know, coaches haven't been there, uh, you know, long periods of right, time for either right. ball club. So, uh, you know, it, they're just uh, gritty kids down there. I mean, it's a good area. There's a lot of good athletes that come out of Marietta. And, uh, you know, they're around college athletes with the college being there. Sure. So they get that experience as well. And I think any time that you get these kids out in the community seeing other players that are better, they pick up on things. And, and that's what Marietta does. And certainly Athens, the same, the same with OU being right here in our backyard. Right. Right, and then, you know, focusing back in on tonight's game, guys, one more question before I let you go and get ready for that one. I mean, tonight, what are just going to be, what are some of the things the Bulldogs are going to have to do to just get back on the, back on winning track here tonight? Well, obviously, you know, they they got to make those halftime adjustments, and I think he told me, uh, and we were trying to figure out how, how many points did Athens score in the second half? I think they scored 15, you told me, right, Heath? Uh, no, or, I, I, thought was, I thought it was, was nine. Was it nine? nine. Yeah, so they, they scored nine points. It was uh, you know, less than 15. They scored make nine points in the second half. Yeah, I mean, again, you make that big three by you know Will Matters going into halftime. You're feeling pretty good. You got a three-point lead, 29-26. Then after half, you know, really the only guy who's doing the majority of the scoring is, uh, is Brady Whiting. So that's a tip of the cap to the coaching staff over at Marietta. They made those halftime adjustments. They were able to shut down the offense for Athens. They just have to take care of the ball. Uh, too many turnovers. I think, uh, you know, a couple guys might have had like eight turnovers. Another one had five for Athens. So, again, take care of the ball and uh, really create some scoring opportunities because, again, you're not going to win a whole lot of ball games when you're only scoring nine points after halftime. Yeah, that, right. that was a game of runs. I mean, you know, early on in that game, uh, Marietta was up by 12. Uh, Athens came back to cut the lead to nine points at, at the end of one, and then at halftime, they were up by three points. So, you know, there, it was really just a game of runs back and forth, and, and unfortunately, Athens didn't run at the right time. Right, absolutely. So, should be a, uh, should be a good one tonight. Always, uh, always an exciting matchup when, uh, when, a when Athens and Alexander get together, especially on the hardwood. But appreciate you guys joining in here for a couple minutes. I'll let you guys get back to it, and, of course, we'll hear you on the airwaves here in probably about uh, a half hour after the sports fan. That's what you were saying, right? Yeah, sometime around 7.30, 7.40. I'm not sure how long the senior night activities will be. Uh, of course, you got to go through the cheerleaders. you got to go through, I don't know if they're doing the marching band heat. I remember uh, uh, the athletic director, Dosik, was telling me, you know, that there's a, more than just the basketball seniors that they'll be honoring. Yeah, I don't, um, I'm not sure who they're going to do. I know they've got seven seniors on the basketball team. I don't know how many cheerleaders they have. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little bit of a pause or delay between the, game, between the JV game and the varsity game tonight. But either way, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get... Bulldog basketball on the air at some point at some point tonight. We'll be on 970 again, and uh, we'll, we'll get you the Athens game. Yeah, absolutely. We'll appreciate you guys taking a couple minutes to join me on the sports fan here, and uh, have a great call tonight. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Joey. Talk to you later. As that was Connor Mills and Heath Clemens, they're out in Albany for the Alexander versus Athens game tonight, as you heard. Uh, going to be a little bit pushed back, they said, around 730 because Alexander's doing some uh, – 
some senior night stuff tonight. And, uh, you know, obviously that's usually safe or, you know, one of the last games. But with, you know, the coronavirus stuff, teams, they did it in football season two, kind of try to get senior day out of the way. That way they can celebrate it in case, you know, things go awry. And, you know, you know, hopefully not, knock on wood. But if something has to happen like last year, we got to stop the season altogether. You're able to still get the seniors that, uh, that, last, little, uh, that last little nudge there. But we got to get to one final break here on the Sports Fan, and then we'll wrap up the show on the other side. Then we got CBS News followed by Athens Basketball. You're listening to the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the Sports Fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Alana was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And it's cancer. As a parent, when you're told this type of news, you're going to do whatever you can do for your babies. When we got to St. Jude is when I realized that, no, you're not going to get a bill for anything. I don't have to worry about it. They're saying we're going to help save her. We're not going to charge you anything. This is what we do. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Got a couple minutes left in the program of the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contractings. We're up until 7 o'clock tonight. Got a couple full shows in this week, which has been a, been a rarity over the past few weeks, especially since the new year. Just so much uh, Buckeye basketball, Buckeye football. Uh, the Blue Jackets are getting going here soon. I know we're going to start having them on the airways again, but it's good. We have had uh, a few full episodes. Actually, last uh, you know, on Tuesday, and then uh, we had one yesterday, and then didn't even know if I would be having one today uh, until on the show yesterday. Connor, uh, uh, you know, waited until on the air to let me know that we wouldn't be uh, calling a game this evening, but it's all right. We've got to sit here, talk about some some Athens basketball, talk about some uh, NFL playoff football. So it's uh, it's been a solid show on the sports fan. And then, you know, just kind of looking into the weekend of some local stuff going on. The Bobcats take on Kent State tomorrow as Bobcats will look for trying to build off that, that big victory over Miami, 78-61 to 61, back on Tuesday as they try to kind of bounce back a bit in conference play as they, they stumbled out of the gates, losses to Akron and Bowling Green. Then you know, they got, had a tough loss to Toledo. But they, they came in. They got Preston back. He played some limited minutes, uh, you know, just trying to kind of ease him back in there. Ben Roderick stepped up big. And I tell you what, he's going to be the key to whether this team 
makes a run in that MAC tournament or not because if they get Roderick going with how he can stroke it from the three-point line, I mean, he led. He had 20 points, knocked down six threes in the game back on Tuesday. He's had a couple games where he's knocked down five plus threes uh, on the year this year. And when he's when he's shooting the ball well, the Bobcats are playing well. And uh, he had some injury problems early in the year, missed a couple games, but he's back. And if they can continue to keep him hot, I mean, they're, they're going to be one of the best scoring teams in the MAC. And they, they play great defense, as you saw in that Miami game, holding them to just 61 points. They're very scrappy. Sears likes to get involved. The backup point guard as well as London McDay. He's a great defender. Uh, and Dwight Wilson, you know, he's been everything I think you could ask for down low for this Bobcats team uh, coming in. Because with Agbonda last year, he was a great defender. Always always seemed to be grabbing double-digit rebounds. Just wasn't really that scoring presence down low. Well, Wilson can go and get you 12 to 16 points a night and then add in, you know, 7 to 10 rebounds as well. And uh, he'll, he'll throw in a couple blocks as well. So that was a great addition for Coach Bowles to get him in there. That's exactly what the doctor ordered because that was kind of the, one of the questions coming in the year for these Bobcats. Who was going to be the big guy down low? You know, Ben Vanderplas is more of a stretch four, not really that guy. I mean, he can play at the five at times if they want to go a little smaller. But Dwight Wilson's coming, and I think he's done everything you could, uh, you could ever ask for uh, for Coach Bowles. And hopefully, you know, they're able to get a win against a Kent State team that's playing extremely well this season. Uh, as Ohio coming in at two-and-a-half-point favorites, Kent State – Five and three coming off back-to-back wins versus Western and Central Michigan. So that should be a good game to keep an eye on. Hopefully the Bobcats get a victory and start, you know, stringing together some wins in conference play. But that is all we have time for on the Sports Fan today. As make sure you stay tuned. we got CBS News coming up. And then the Athens game, Connery and Heath, you just heard them a couple minutes ago. Said that game will probably tip it off at 730 because of some senior day stuff going on over there in Albany. But this has been the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. Enjoy your football playoff weekend, and we'll see you next week.